everyone to episode 10 of the Nosebleeds. I'm Cameron Mays. I got Manning Crowley to my left. Hello. Colin Lamar to my right. Hello. And once again, we have a lot of stuff to talk about in the sports world. Colin? All right. Want me to get straight into it? Yeah, let's get straight into it. All right. We're going to get straight into it this Tuesday night. (laughs) Uh, So first thing I'm going to talk about, uh, I'd like to mention, is Julian Edelman's retirement. Uh, Me and Cam, we talk about it all the time. Big Pats fans. And... It came as a surprise to some. He was originally cut from the team because of his failed physical. Then the announcement came out a couple hours later that he was planning on retiring. Had the video all set up, so, you know, that's really what it was. Uh, The speculation in those couple of hours on where he might go, the whole Tampa Bay thing was super interesting. People still think he might come back out of retirement and go at some point. But I guess the big topic that has a lot of debate is his Hall of Fame uh, resume right now. Uh, to some people, it's an obvious no. To some, it just is a clear yes. So I just want to see our opinions on that. Cam, you want to start? Um, I think it's really a big debate right now, especially as retired. I think, I mean, as a Pats fan, obviously I'm biased, so I think he will. But I think there hasn't been a greater receiver that's been as dominant as he is in the clutch and in playoffs. It's a fair opinion. Uh, yeah. And, and Brady may have looked, made him look good, but like whenever you needed that like that that clutch play or play to get you going first down, like twenty yard pass, like he was always there to do it and he did everything. Like um I saw the Pats post when Bill Belichick said like he could do everything on the field. Return, block, pass, catch, run, everything. Yeah. Uh my personal opinion is so compared to the NBA, the NBA is very loose about what get someone into the hall of fame there's a lot uh that there's a lot less going on uh to make your spot in the hall of fame but for the nfl i think it's really strict a guy like chad ochosenko is he didn't have the longest career ever but his stats and his play was clearly better than edelman for every moment except for playoffs and that being said edelman is amazing in the playoffs he's great but how much does the Hall of Fame value that? That's that's really where it lies with me. And so if he makes it, he'd have the second least touchdowns out of any Hall of Fame wide receiver ever. And the last one that he's being compared to didn't even wear a face mask. It was in like the 50s. So he definitely have one of the weaker Hall of Fame resumes. But if the people voting him in value playoffs more than regular season, I can understand it. So I'm really in between on that. How about you, Bannon? Um, I think he's a Patriots legend. Um, he's probably one of the best uh, playoff receivers of all time. But uh, I probably, <laughs> yeah. probably, I'd say top two at least. Who's number one? Well, Jerry Rice statistically. <laughs> um, what about Victor Cruz? What about Victor? <laughs> okay. Um, I think eventually he'll make it in. I don't think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, especially with the people that he will be in consideration with. I mean, so far, obviously, we don't really know because I don't know if he's going to be considered next year or this year because it's kind of in between. And there's some great players that haven't made it now. I think eventually he might make it in. It might take a while. It, I think he just needs to wait for like an open spot, I guess, where he'll finally get in. But if Heinz Ward isn't in, I don't think he should be in. I don't think he should get in before Heinz Ward. Yeah, I think there's definitely guys ahead of him that deserve it. But assuming those guys get eventually get in there, yeah. I think in a weaker class, he definitely deserves it. Yeah. But right now, first ballot type of guy, I agree, maybe not. But I mean, yeah. 
Pats fan wise, I mean, retires jersey. Like, oh, he, for sure. He, sh- he showed his yeah. way. Oh. He resembles Patriot. 11 and 12. Yeah, for real. He shows he the. He only pa- wore 11, though. Why would you retire? <laughs> Bruh. He shows the Patriot way pretty much more than any other player in the Belichick era. I mean, obviously Brady, but aside from him, Edelman, you know, always came in. He wasn't a highly touted prospect or anything, you know. Signed him after he got cut from Miami, and he really came in and just impressed everyone. And throughout the injuries, you know, played really well. So uh, a lot of respect for Edelman, and I hope he makes the Hall of Fame. I, I really want him to. Yeah, I do. I think something to bring up too. I think like you were talking about retiring the jerseys. Obviously, they will, but I think it's like they don't really talk about it in the NFL a lot. Like I feel yeah. like all the time we'll see like NBA players get their jersey retired or but then the NFL or, it just doesn't happen. Yeah, it, it, yeah. It, and there's it, more um, numbers in the NFL which is kind yeah. of weird I guess. Yeah. Because I feel like I don't know NFL is weird about it that. It just takes a lot it to does. get retired. I also think because the NFL has so many players on a roster at yeah. some point like there's points in the season where they have 72, 72 guys so if you cut out like But I think the new uh, the rule of like the numbers will definitely change that a lot too. Yeah. Uh, how do we feel about, about that? that? Yeah, I think that's a good thing to mention. Uh, go into how do we feel about that? So the proposed rule, it's not set on yet, but it's very close. It seems like it's bound to happen. It will open up numbers for receivers and cornerbacks. Uh, yeah, yeah, all skills positions. The offensive line will be stuck with the big numbers still, which makes sense. But skills positions, how do we feel about that? I mean, I like it. It'll definitely take some time, a couple years, to get used to. Um, but I, I, I like to see all the big players get their like college numbers back. And I've always kind of like wanted to have like a, not really like a limit, but like I'd like to see quarterbacks with lower numbers. And, but really, I, I don't really mind it. I don't really care. I don't think it's like a big change, but yeah. I think as a football player, I think it's a stupid rule because they wear jersey numbers specifically. Like you have a tight end go out or you have a lineman go out and to like report to be eligible, obviously you have to look at the jersey number. Like when you see uh, 60, you know, they're probably not gonna go out for a pass. Well, they can't go out for a pass unless they, they report their eligible, yeah. so. And I think there's no really reason to change it. Like obviously jersey sales and stuff, it looks nicer, but it's just gone on for so long that I just don't think there's any real reason to change it. Personally, I just think it's weird now to think of these waves. Like I, yeah. can't, I can't imagine a guy like you know DeAndre Hopkins wearing like three or something like that that's a totally random one but these guys that have already built their NFL legacy are so far with their certain number or numbers that fit into that range I don't think I'd get used to it until there's a whole new wave of players which you know will be a while so I don't mind it I don't think there's anything wrong with it but I definitely think it will look really really weird if they implement it just for at least a couple years but, I mean, if people complain about the no-fun league NFL and they're trying to ease on one of the rules that a lot of people are super passionate about, I think that at least shows a good sign that they're listening to the fans. The The helmet rule is way stupider. they got to change that. Players have been wearing different helmets their whole life in high school, if they go to a big high school, college. So why stop in the NFL? I mean, they're grown men. I understand trying to keep the players safe, but it's really just about they don't want to make more helmets. Well, also... Like, the main rule is they can't wear two different color helmets. Yeah. Which well, is kind of stupid. Well, it's just not two different helmets in general. Yeah. But, which, obviously, yeah. if you'd have two different helmets, you'd make them two different yeah. colors. So, it's kind of stupid. I don't yeah, know. I think it also depends on, like, if you... Obviously, you can't just return it to, like, Fanatics or whatever. But I think if... Like, Stefan Diggs, he was talking about changing his number. Obviously, he won't at this point. I think Odell, obviously, will change his number to three. 
but I think like if the Browns, Obviously, yeah, yeah, I think he definitely <laughs> he's would. big on the three, yeah, yeah. I think if you're the Browns, you should exchange your jerseys. He's big like, on the number two as well. That's <laughs> <laughs> good. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, yeah, um, a guy like Diggs, he goes out and says, you know, I was thinking about changing my number if this all goes, but you know, I want to respect the people that bought my jersey, and you know, you got to respect that, but at the same time. Give, I mean, when players are given the opportunity to pick a number that resonates more with them and actually means something to them, I don't think you can bash on them either. Yeah. But a guy like Diggs, you know, he likes number 14 well enough, and he's really big in Buffalo. Buffalo fans really love how Diggs came in ready to play. Revenge for Diggs. Yeah, I think, I mean, yeah, I love that picture of him looking at the Chiefs yeah. celebrating. Yeah, even though he copied it. <laughs> he copied from a high schooler. Yeah, man, he copied it, man. <laughs> yeah, he did it a week later. Shout out to Diggs, though. I, I yeah, think he's cool. I think we're all fans of Diggs. Unless, yeah, especially yeah. you, since he's your um, favorite quarterback. Yeah, my favorite you. quarterback? Actually, yeah, he's probably my favorite quarterback. Okay, if, if the Pats had a good quarterback, it would be them. There's but. a uh, TikTok that I follow. It's like, Josh Allen is my husband. Is, you run down the count. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen that one. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> No, but yeah, uh, it's going to be interesting for sure. I think it will look, for some reason, seeing a cornerback, I saw an edit with Jamal Ram, or Jesus, Jalen Ramsey at eight. Yeah. And yeah, that was super weird. But, you know, it's uh, it's something interesting to look at, at you know. Yep. Yeah. Uh, all right. Any- I think it'll be interesting too to see, kind of like to switch it up, but obviously the college players coming in now, because, um, I mean, most of the time they don't really get to pick. But if you have like a receiver, you will probably seem like some random number. Like you could see Jamar Chase wearing six. Yeah. Or some mm-hmm. random number. Or Devontae Smith wearing four. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever they give him. Yeah. It'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, anything else on the NFL we want to touch up on? Yeah, I mean, we could talk about the draft. Yeah, I mean, we'll probably go quick through it. Last couple episodes, we've gone really in depth into it, but I mean. I mean, if we want to talk about something quick, let's just do it. Let's yeah, I think uh, talking about the number three spot again, I know we talk about it a lot, but um, as of right now, Mac Jones is the favorite to go number three overall. And uh, my point still stands from last time. I think if the 49ers draft Mac Jones at three, that would be the worst pick in NFL history. I think, that, personally, I hate Mac Jones. I think that's a bit of a stretch. Uh, I don't think anyone will Jamarcus Russell this again. But... Uh, I agree. I don't love that pick. I don't like the fit. I think a guy like Fields... Well, number one, Mac Jones hater over here. So. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I'm probably number two. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think a guy like Lance fits their system better, and I think a guy like Fields shows off an ability to win more right away. So I don't see Mac Jones uh, showing off either of those abilities very well. So I personally think 49ers should go with a QB, but it should not be Mac Jones. I mean, well, Russell was a good quarterback coming out of college yeah he was going to go in the first round he messed it up for himself mac jones is not a first round quarterback (laughs) no no demarcus russell (laughs) so i mean to trade up to the number three spot to pick someone that's not a first round talent just makes no sense to me when you have someone that would fit your scheme perfectly and then you have also just have justin fields who would be very good in your system yeah uh yeah cam how do you feel about mac jones just in general i do not think he's a top three pick I think he's going to... There's a lot of things saying he Fortnite might go. I think that's an awful pick when you have someone like Trey Lance if he's still up on the board. Um, yeah, which he will, which be. He will yeah. yeah. Um, or even if... I'd say Mac Jones is like a 15 pick. Um, do you want to see the Patriots draft him? Like, do you think it would make sense? 
I wouldn't mind, but I think they're going to move up into the draft. Probably to try and get him, but yeah. it's so hard because you don't know what kind of like fit he'd be. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. It, he didn't impress much at Alabama, but there's always a chance that he does succeed, you know, succeed in the NFL system. It happens to some guys for sure, and that's why you see a lot of these late round guys at any position, you know, excel. Yeah. So this leads me to a question with, you know, the Patriots. The Patriots. Let's just focus on them for a second, and obviously, Banning, you can jump in on this too. If they were to trade up in a place where they could draft Fields or Lance, hypothetically. Who, which one of those guys do you think fits on the Pats better? Because mm. it's a tough one, but I personally think I, I think Mac Jones. Mac Jones out personally, of the three because we yeah. are a a passing team. We're not more of like a QB rush kind of guy. Isn't that Fields? Well, I, Fields can do both pretty well. Yeah, but Mac Jones is more of like a system quarterback. You know, like that's that's what I hear from a lot of Pats yeah. fans too. Trust the system, which is fair. It's a system that won a lot when you had a guy like Tom Brady in it. Yeah. So I understand the logic. Personally, I, I don't love the idea of Lance in New England. One, because New England fans... Lance? Trey Lance. Oh, I thought we were talking about Fields and Mac Jones. Sorry. Oh, Trey no. Lance too. I mean, Trey yeah. Lance is basically like Justin yeah. Fields. Yeah, exactly. And I think Trey Lance shows that he's better than Fields on a lot of occasions, but specifically New England, I don't love the idea of the Lance fit because New England fans, one, are so harsh on anyone that plays bad for more than yeah. three games. Well, I mean, and Lance, hypothetically, I don't expect his first season to be that good. I hope it is, but it will be a big adjustment from FCS school one season as a sophomore yeah. to NFL. A guy like Fields, he'll come in. I'm not saying he'll be a star right away or he'll be perfect, but if the Pats have a chance to get Fields, which, you know, according to whatever these experts say, we won't even have to trade for them. I experts, more yeah. like not experts. Facts. Because they switch up their mock draft every hour. I mean, I can't even... I, I like to blame them because they make all these stupid takes, but the websites... I mean, paid yeah, the websites and these channels that pay these people want a new draft like because if someone has the same mock draft two days in a row they don't get more views on it yeah. so they have to do something stupider and stupider every single day and that's how mac jones got their first round they're only allowed yeah exactly this narrative of mac jones jumping up and up really is from honestly i feel like these websites just saying we need change we need change and having mac jones move up the board throughout these couple months has been a change and it gets people talking about it. it gets people one pissed off or two the mac jones defenders coming in and saying like finally these guys know what they're talking about you know yeah. it gets more engagement when you move mac jones up the board if he stayed at that 20 spot people would just not care you know yeah uh, i think mac jones would fit out of those three in new england the best i think justin mm -hmm. fields is a good passer i think he would maybe fit there but you can't have someone like cam newton and justin fields on the same team no. and then have cam newton be the starter when I think Justin Fields is better. not better at this point, but give him a couple games. I think Mac Jones, um, obviously he's a pocket passer, and I don't think any team besides, I mean, you could say there might be a couple, but I would say New England's probably one of the only teams that really has run a pocket passer quarterback recently. There's, there's only a couple. I mean, Washington's been doing it with their quarterbacks. Minnesota yeah. does it, but... Yeah, New England's definitely known for it with the guys, and that's why seeing Cam Newton last year was so weird for Pats fans, and it's just so weird for yeah. people that follow the NFL in general, because it's the first time we haven't had a pocket passer pretty much in, years. in history. In, in, right, all in of history, because Bledsoe did it, Brady yeah. did it. I mean, even guys as old as Grogan, you know, they were doing it. Doug so. Flutie, yeah. 
<laughs> Doug Flutie was Jimmy very... Garoppolo. We got him in our uh, Hall of Fame up here. Hall of Fame jerseys, Doug Flutie. Yeah, our one retired jersey for the Nosebleeds <laughs> podcast. Uh, yeah, I mean, New England's in a spot to move. Uh, whether it be up or down, New England finds a way to move every year. Even if it's not in the first round, Belichick loves trading picks later in the board. To pick the third best tight end yeah. on the board. <laughs> Got a big Asi Asi hater here, too. I mean, no, I like Asi Asi, but it just didn't make any no, sense. No, it wasn't. I mean, and now Moss is on the Bengals, and Jamar Chase is going to go there, too, and then yeah. they're going to draft uh, Coach O there, too. <laughs> Get Coach O to Get, uh, the Bengals. Get that whole LSU team. Yep. Yeah. Uh, all right, that might wrap it up on the NFL talk. I got, uh, oh, no, 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 uh, say it. How does... James Conner fit in Arizona. I think. Do you think that's a good pickup? Bad pickup? I think it's a good backup running back pickup. Yeah. I don't think he's a starter anymore. Really? Yeah, Do you think who's starting starter? I would probably put Drake over him. He's still there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought Kenyon Drake left. Yeah, no. Uh, they have Edmonds starting right now. Drake. I just had to look it up because it was a kind of quiet move of the offseason. He's in Vegas now. Yeah. yeah but yeah, they do have Edmonds as the guy. The reason they let Drake go is because they expect. I would Edmunds say those. One. I mean, Connor might be a little better, but I wouldn't say he's a I, whole lot better. I think fantasy Ed- wise. Yeah, I think yeah. Edmonds is young enough where he can, you know, keep growing in that offense. Yeah. I think Connor and Edmonds is, although Drake and Edmonds, in my opinion, would make a better like overall running back core. I think Connor and Edmonds are a good one too. Connor always fights for yards, you know, he's always, he's been a tough player. He's had to fight through some injuries and some tough luck in Pittsburgh in general. Yeah. But, I mean, that there's a lot of older guys, or Connor's not older, but a guy that wants to prove something, and a lot of those guys are going to Arizona. So it's going to be interesting. That team either will probably make a decent run in the playoffs or not make them, in my opinion. And based on the coaching and how a lot of that team is built in the trenches and stuff like that, I'm leaning more towards the not make the playoff side, but it, it's it's tough to yeah. see that before the draft even happens. You I know? mean, yeah, they're not a power yeah. run team. They like to run a good amount of play action, obviously, with Kyler Murray, and yeah. they like to pass the ball a lot. So I think, I mean, it's a fine pickup, I guess. Yeah, getting as many backs as you can. They're a good fantasy team this year. Yeah, I mean, you get a guy, Hopkins is always a good pickup, and Murray, for as disappointing as he was towards the second half of that season, great fantasy player to have. So. And he will be top three in the MVP voting this year. So, Murray? Yep. Hard to hear first. I have him as my favorite right now. Yeah, I mean, that's not a bad that's not a bad call. He has all the weapons around him to make something. So, if he lives up to that potential, which we see a lot, you know. We got the GOAT and DeAndre Hopkins. Who's the GOAT? AJ Green. AJ <laughs> Green is terrible. I could be AJ Green in a race at this point. <laughs> AJ Green's looking like a robot. Yeah, AJ Green is washed. Yeah, I mean, I hope he couldn't even stay on the Bengals. AJ AJ Green, when <laughs> in his prime, was such a great player, though. It's a uh, shame he's fallen off very. It's a shame that so in the future people playing Cincinnati. Yeah, you never you never know. He could be like amazing. He no. could be decent. Yeah, I mean, it's sad because like when we get older and. You know, it's the next generation of NFL fans coming in. They're not going to remember AJ Green, and that's oh, sad because AJ Green's always been All one of the best. too, like for like my whole life until like recently, AJ yeah. Green's been one of the best receivers in the league. He's never been that one guy, but he's always been like mm-hmm. that fifth, sixth best receiver. It's a shame. I feel like he's, yeah. they were just going to forget about him. Yes, sir. It's another guy with the Hall of Fame well, when like he retires. Yeah, we'll see if he so, yeah. I wouldn't put him as a lock, but no, he's not a lock by any means. I'd say it'll be a good conversation. I'd say has a better chance than him. 
Yeah, but that being said, I think most people agree AJ Green for most of his career was a lot better than Edelman. Yeah, I yeah. would right now though. Yeah, no, I, I think you'd have to win at least a championship to even be considered. Yeah, he's yeah. got to have a little success. I agree with that. I mean, he's not even in the Georgia Hall of Fame, so <laughs> I didn't even know he went to Georgia. <laughs> I did. Okay. All right, uh, does that wrap it up for the NFL? Yeah, I think that's not really big news lately. It's just draft. Yep. Draft, draft, draft. Keep going. Yep. All right, uh, let's move on to the NBA. Uh, first thing we should probably talk about is the Jamal Murray injury. He just played his first game back from injury and then goes out with a torn ACL. You know, it, it's a shame. Jamal Murray is one of those players where, especially towards the end of the season, the playoff run, he turns up. And I think he was ready to push that Denver team over the top because they were already playing great with Composo running the one and Aaron Gordon and Jokic. And then, you know, he comes in, gets that injury, and it's a Nuggets team where I felt like they were in a great position to make a push, and I was really starting to say, hey, maybe this team could make the finals coming out of the West. And, you did say that last episode. And, I really, and I really do did think that, and now I think logically the opinion has to shift. First no, round exit. It could happen. I don't I mean, the, uh, the way Chokic is playing right now, <laughs> and without Murray either, I think it'll be interesting. It sucks without Murray. I, his bubble run was great, you know. Maybe, uh... Michael Porter could just step up and be like 50 again. Yeah. Yeah. Michael Porter's been playing pretty decent, actually, and it took him a while. Yeah. But as, well, it, was, as it does with he injuries. He was like out like for two years. He's out like his years. whole first year, yeah, and then yeah. the bubble stuff yeah. happened. Yeah, and that, that's what happens. He didn't have a really fair shot in college because he played like two games in Missouri and then got hurt and then got drafted pretty, you know, like mid-first round because the Nuggets snatched him. Yeah. And, you know, took his time. Same, same sort of thing for a guy like Bull. But I think MPJ obviously has more talent. And yeah, especially at this point. Bull is really raw, but, you know, MPJ is really helping on that Nuggets team right now. Yeah. So that being said, uh, the West, which I already said in the last episode multiple times, is really, really open. Oh, and, and it just opened up a little bit more. It, it could go both ways. Some people and there's could, really not a clear front runner anymore. No, I... The number one team in the NBA power rankings right now is the Phoenix Suns, and I don't think anyone has them making the finals. And I I don't even blame it, because Chris Paul is a great point guard. He helps any team he goes to. I was yeah. looking at that graphic Banning sent me. Yeah, and you sent Yeah, you showed me something similar. And he every team he goes to, the winning percentage goes up. And it it's not even just because he's a good player. It's because he makes everyone around him better. But does that lead to playoff success for a guy like CP3 who doesn't... Who, you know, he'll win the first round, but he's known as a second-round exit sort of player. Yeah, I think it'll especially depend on the seeding, too, because obviously when LeBron and AD are back, I don't care what seed they are, they're going to make it out of at least the first or second they're round. Always gonna, yeah. They're going to be a favorite in every series, on no matter the seed, pretty much. Yeah, I still think my favorite team right now to come out of the West is the Clippers. I think a lot of people are saying the Clippers might even go out in the first round, but I think it took a year for them to really click Kawhi and Paul George. I mean, they finally played a full yeah. season together, taking two regular season because they only played what forty games together last year. Yeah, they haven't. This is their first time they've really got to play together. And that being said, the Clippers, it, it's rest. People, you remember a couple yeah. years ago they said no more resting, no more. They still do it. Yeah. So you don't get to see PG and Kawhi on the court that much even now. But when they are, they click. They you know they blow teams out. And towards the playoff, when they're all going to be playing. All the, and then Rondo helping PG off the ball. I think Ron, yeah, Rondo is. And I hate like all these like Instagram pages like, oh yeah, we see that the Kawhi and George duo never work. It's not gonna like it work. So, well, first off, one plays, the other's injured. 
Yeah. And the same thing, but when they do play, they're really good and they play off each other. You gotta give them a chance. And also, I saw, uh, it might have been you or someone else sent me a graphic of uh, Paul George's efficiency going up like crazy ever since Rondo came. And that's not even, it's credit to Rondo because good for him, really good point guard. But it's credit to that Clippers team for making a move because, I mean, they needed a way to get Paul George to stop playmaking. Paul George is not a playmaker. He's a scorer. He plays really good defense, yeah. and he's a streaky shooter. And they, playoff round is yeah, dangerous. They had him in sets where he was running the point guard, and it's like you can't expect Paul George to run point guard in your offense and get any success from it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the Clippers made good moves, and I, I do agree that they have a chance to make a run. I, now, especially since I'm not high on the Nuggets anymore, I really do yeah. like that Clippers team. I think the West, I mean, I think the Jazz obviously still at the top, and then I think obviously when we see the Suns get into the playoffs, Chris Paul will take a step back and let Devin Booker work. I mean, Devin Booker, we've seen him in the playoffs. Last year, I mean, he only had that one game, but I mean, to yeah. make that bubble run 8-0... I think him finally being able to get into the playoffs this year, because every year we knew he was very good, and then now he finally has a team. The team hasn't really, like, they didn't make huge moves to get better, but the team, they've always been really young, and I think they finally got it this year. It's awesome for the Suns fans, because, like... Shout out (laughs) Baradis. Going into the year, I I said I had DeAndre Ayton, most improved player. That's not happening anymore. Guys like Jeremy Grant, and even a guy like Chris Boucher or Christian Wood, you know, shout out Mr. Wood. <laughs> and they, they made insane strides. But DeAndre Eaton has improved significantly enough where he can stand in that starting center role, play like the whole game, and compete. And then a guy like uh, Mikel Bridges plays great defense. Jay Crowder, he hit like eight threes in the first half the other night. You know, he's been playing forever, but he's a really solid guy that can run the four for him. I like how that Suns team is built too. There's more obviously the Jazz are competitive. The Nuggets can still be competitive. Lakers, AD and LeBron, all you gotta say. Yeah. West is wide. Yeah. I think the West obviously is a lot more open than the East. I think that obviously the debate in the East is between the top two teams. And I think in the West you could potentially even have I mean the Jazz, possibly the Suns, I would say the Clippers and then the Lakers. Yeah. I think also, I mean the Mavs have been doing really good recently. I don't think they'll make it that far, but I think um, it'll be interesting to see how they play in the playoffs. Yeah, where I disagree with you on the East, though, is I don't rule the Bucks out. I, I really don't, because end of the day, you still have one of the best players in the NBA. You still yeah. have one of the best defenders, you know. What so would happen last year, though. No, I know. They don't have that playoff experience, and Middleton turns into bricks the second they need him to hit a uh, shot. I mean, last year, yeah. it was Giannis. No, I know, but Middleton didn't help either. I rough. told you last year, and I still no. stand by it. I think the Bucks are... would. I think, obviously, losing Giannis would be big, but I think, overall, in the long run, they would be better without him being there. I, yeah, I guess, but I think that's a long future to look towards. I also think a guy like Drew Holiday, they signed him to a contract that he may not have deserved, but it, it's hard to deny his presence on the team is really important in guarding those, you know, those yeah. point slash shooting guards that can score a lot. Because on a guy like, man, like, I guess this wouldn't be an East matchup, but on a guy like Damian Lillard, if I'm taking pretty much anyone in the league to guard him, Drew Holiday's in my top five. Yeah. You know, and he's one of the best scorers in the NBA. I mean, right now, though, you see the Bucks beating the Nets. Yeah, oh, really? I did not see that, but... Well, do you think they would? Oh, do, oh, do I see because them? Because right now, they would play each other. Yeah. Hypothetically. See, I think it's... 
the nug uh, sorry geez the nets are still my finals favorite team but i i like a bucks matchup against them i think a guy like Giannis, as great as kd is and one of the best players in the league uh Giannis versus kd straight up matchup it's a Giannis win too much power too much drive yeah but they have Harden and Kyrie too I know that's that's the problem, and that's why I take the Nets because because Holiday can only guard one. Yeah, is the problem. But as and, my, uh, I would say maybe it, he can guard like three fourths of Kyrie. Yeah, exactly. But the problem is Kyrie's not even good. <laughs> He's sitting out for a Holiday. He doesn't celebrate. Yeah, I think um, especially with like the addition of like Blake Griffin and Lamarcus Aldridge who apparently are going to be the starters in the playoffs according to um, all these ESPN pages even though they're not that good. They don't have a big man that can guard on that basketball team. Yeah. I'm the biggest Nick Claxton fan in like probably, yeah, I'm one of the top five in the U.S. at least. And I'll tell you straight up, that guy cannot play defense unless it's a straight up block. If he's not blocking the ball, it's going in the basket. He's an offensive threat and he hustles like crazy and that's what I like about him. But Giannis can get by KD and dunk on Clax. I just I don't KD. see the Bucks being able to beat the Sixers or the Nets in a seven game series. No, I don't, I don't see them beating the Nets either. But I feel like they are competition enough where I'd say there's at least three teams I'm thinking about. Yeah, uh, yeah. Personally, I can, I, yeah, personally, yeah. I don't think they would even make it past six games. The Bucks. Yeah. Against against either one of those teams. Fair the seven Sixers or the Nets. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't think they have someone that could guard Embiid or... I mean, I think Giannis could guard KD, but then you leave Harden open. Yeah. No, I mean, the Nets just have too many weapons. Yeah. It comes to... And I don't even... I mean, I don't even think you can really guard KD. No. Like, I think guarding him successfully would be him dropping 20 points. You can't just yeah. guard any of these guys, and that's yeah. the problem. It's the same reason the Lakers completed that run last year. Yeah. And the same reason people are so scared of the Nets... You, you can't just guard these guys. They're superstars. Yeah, even though the Lakers had, like, the easiest path to yeah. the finals, even yeah. though everyone was like, oh, yeah, well, you got the hardest team right now, the Nuggets. Lemecky. And then watch, Lemecky. Uh, watch Small Ball beat them, yeah. but then they didn't beat them. And then they played in the finals matchup that featured, what, like, Duncan Robinson and... Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. No, but Bam didn't play one of those games, remember? Yeah, that's There's one lineup I was looking at today, and it had, like, Kendrick Nunn, Duncan Robinson, Myers and Leonard... Get him out of here. And then Jimmy Butler and whoever else they had running the four that day. Yeah. And it was pretty awful. That being said, they also had two of the best players in the league. You know, they yeah. would have they would have matched up well against pretty much any team. And you did say Anthony Davis was better than LeBron. And guess who won finals MVP? The GOAT. Yeah, I said Anthony Davis was playing better than LeBron last year. It wasn't. I, I, I'm looking back on it LeBron now. LeBron took good. over in the finals. <laughs> he, he did. Lemecki. <laughs> Uh, moving on to more of an award race sort of thing. We look at that all the time, but I guess focusing in on one that people are talking about more. Uh, Defensive Player of the Year. Right now, as... Rudy Gobert. <laughs> right now, Banning, as... like, shivering. <laughs> I'm shivering in my chair. Uh, the top, yeah, keep going. <laughs> the top three right now. Uh, number three is... Uh, Rudy Gobert. Is this the official ladder? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Official okay. number three is Miles Turner. Two, Ben Simmons. One, Rudy Gobert. Uh, I'm going to pass it off to Banning in a second, but I just want to say most of the disputes come from the fact that people think, or oh, it's noted by a lot of NBA fans, that Gobert can only guard fives and fours, while Simmons can guard the one through the five. 
And then there's other people that argue that his uh, Gobert's ratings are better, but I mean, banning big Simmons fan, let's just hear it. Let's big Simmons fan, so, um, huge Simmons fan. We can talk about the last time that Gobert played the Sixers, <laughs> but we can talk about the last two times when Simmons dropped 42 on him and when Embiid dropped 40 on him. Well, he let them do that because he wanted them to forget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, Why well, is the Marcus Smart in this conversation? So, I don't think Rudy Gobert is the best defensive player in the NBA. Like, he can guard the fives because um, there's not very many good centers in the league, so obviously he can. We saw, I mean, Ben Simmons guards the best player on the court every single night. Yeah. And, except, obviously, there's some exceptions. If it's like Jokic, obviously he'll play against Embiid. But... He'll guard the one through the four every single night. He'll guard Luka, he'll guard KD, he'll guard Kyrie, it doesn't matter. And he locks him up most of the time. Yeah, the last time me and Benning watched the game, it was the Celtics versus Sixers. And uh, Tatum ended that game with like 20 points. But in the first quarter, where Simmons was exclusively guarding him before substitutions, Tatum couldn't even get by a screen. Like, it was really hard for Tatum to move, and we see against let it's not it wasn't tatum's fault because we see against lesser competition like the timberwolves and a guy like josh Kogi guarding him puts up 53 and 10 yeah. you know it, so it's really not Tate fault to tatum it's just props to simmons at that point yeah and i understand uh stats get kind of weird because if it was purely stats then miles turner would have a really good argument just because insane blocks and for a big man get some good steals but i mean I mean, the defensive rating with Gobert off the court, the Jazz, as one of the best teams in the league, have awful defense. And with Simmons off the court, because they still have a guy like Embiid and they still have guys that come in like Thibel, and, you know, some of the Danny Green plays decent defense for his position, those type of guys, uh, the Sixers' rating isn't as bad. But I think just the fact that Simmons, you know, he's not a scorer, he's not a shooter, drops 42 on Gobert's head, it, it's, it's a really bad look for his resume. Yeah. Um,. You feel any sort of way, Cam? No. <laughs> Fair enough. I yeah. I mean, I really think there shouldn't really be a debate. Ben Simmons is obviously the number one guy. You put him up. I mean, all through the times they've played, it's just been an absolute walk for Ben Simmons, and he's easily beaten Gobert. And Gobert is like, I hate Gobert. I'm the worst. Like, I, I hate him. I hate you. Rudy Gobert, your name is Rudy. Like, shut up. Gobert. Like, yeah, Gobert. Like, bruh, your name rhymes with yogurt. Like, you're a, lo you're a loser, dude. Like, you win it every year when you shouldn't. Like, it's it's ridiculous. It's rigged. He pays them money. When's the last time Gobert won? I thought he won the past. He didn't win last year, did he? I thought Giannis won the last two. No, Giannis won last year. Last year. Gobert, Gobert won, won the yeah. two before and that. And then Kawhi won the one before that. Right, yeah. right, right. I think, uh, I mean, obviously I'm going to say Simmons is the better defensive player, but I think, I mean, Gobert has, like, lesser matchups, I guess. And I think you can't, you have a guy that can guard one through five against a guy that can guard some fours and fives. I mean, you look at Gobert and against the three best centers in the NBA, uh, MB destroys him, Jokic destroys him, Cat's the only one that he consistently walks up. And Cat hasn't been playing yeah. well this season, so... But in general, before, yeah. he's always matched up really well against Cat. So I really his only the only thing you can say about him when it comes to guarding centers is he locks up Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah. And I don't think that's as impressive as all the stuff Simmons been doing this year for that Sixers team. Luca. Really, anyone. Yeah. I mean, the only people that Simmons doesn't guard super well are really big centers and really fast point guards. Yeah. That's the thing with Marcus Smart. Uh, Marcus Smart was quoted and he said shut the up to a podcast that talked about his 
defensive uh, efficiency this year, which isn't as high as most years. Marcus Smart, you know, he's known for being a really good defender. This year he's had a lot of problems guarding quick point guards. A guy like De'Aaron Fox has a lot of struggle, or he struggles a lot against. Yeah. So. Well, because Kemba Walker is absolutely de- like a bum. terrible. A bum. I a mean, bum. well. Get Colin, him out of here. Colin thinks he's better get, than no, Westbrook. No, no, get, no, 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 no. no. I'm deleted that from. Are you serious no? Yeah. No, oh, yeah, I you did. I, I remember that. Yeah. I said it, yeah. and I didn't mean it. Yeah, I know. I mean, so Marcus Smart has to, like, he has to guard the either the point guard or the shooting guard, whoever's better. Like, if it's, yeah. if it's Harden and Kyrie... I mean, he basically has to guard them both since Kemba Walker is absolutely, like, terrible at basketball. Yeah. So, I kinda... Kemba Walker, like, oh my, dude, send him out for, like, Dragon Bender. Like, <laughs> I will literally get anyone. Like, Gimmer for debt. Ten bucks. Like, please, get him out. Cash consideration. The Kemba Walker buyout. Well, who's yeah. going to get him? Yeah, I mean. Is he going to go to the G League? I think I'd take Kemba on a minimum, just maybe not, like, a max. You know? Maybe not $34 million. Yeah. I'd rather take, uh, I mean, I don't know. I think I would rather take Al Horford than. Who you want on your team right now? TJ McConnell? TJ McConnell. Or Kemba I would Walker? Take TJ McConnell. <laughs> yeah, and 10, that's the worst part. I'd, seven days a week. I, like, I understand it. Ten, like, <laughs> yeah. Ten, seven days a week. Like, Kemba, yeah. you come to this podcast, we won't be making it out. <laughs> Anyways, Benny, what are you saying? Joke. So, um,. <laughs> I think we could talk about the MVP race a little bit. Um, it's kind of interesting now having Embiid come back, and I think the debate, kind of like we had uh, last week on games played, how much that really matters. Because um, obviously, I think if you only play 20 games, it was kind of like last year how Zion ended up getting votes for the Rookie of the Year, even though he only played 20 games or however many it was. Yeah. But he was so good in those games. I think it, we can kind of look like that for um, Embiid, even though he's going to end up playing uh, maybe not 50 games, but close to 50 games, which would be the least amount um, ever. So it's kind of interesting. And also Steph Curry, to look at him, I mean, obviously he's the most valuable player on that team. Without him, they're uh, the worst team in what was it the past five or 10 years yeah. offensive rating. It's it's funny. It totally depends on people's perceptions on how you break it down. Because yeah. literally the most valuable player in the NBA is Steph Curry. Yeah. Without too much debate. He's the most valuable because his team is awful without him. And they're a semi-playoff contender with him. And, you know, he drops amazing point totals and makes the team better daily. When it comes to who has had the best season so far, I think it's Embiid. Just personally. The best season when he's playing he's playing the best but when it comes to who has had the longevity who you know has also been playing really well and is also super valuable to their team i guess combined it's Jokic. but if you're someone that leads more towards the actual like how valuable they are or actually how well they're playing that's where guys like curry and Embiid step in and you know they're not bad cases to make because everyone has a point when it comes to something like that. So when I hear someone say Embiid, I'm like, yeah, he's probably played the best of the season. Someone yeah. says Jokic, I'm like, yeah, he's put it all together. Curry, yeah. I'm like, yeah, he is the most valuable. It just depends how much you value winning, how much we value stats, and or how much Team you merge success. them together. Team success. And yeah. also for Jokic and Embiid, I think um, Jokic has obviously been the best player on that team all year. He's very valuable. And for a guy like Embiid, we've seen how they play without him on the court. They can beat the teams that they're supposed to beat, but when they play like harder competition, obviously it shows that Embiid's not there. So I think I would say Curry, 
because the record's not great, obviously, is I don't think he's in the top five officially right now. No, he's, at, not that, sure he's at that six spot last I think I Dame is still probably up there, but I would say those are probably my top four guys, Curry, Dame, Jokic, and Embiid. Honestly, uh, I I don't like Dame there. I, I don't love that. Yeah. I'd, put it, I'd put Dame at five. I'd put Giannis over him because Giannis is boring and... Yeah. It's an awful. It would be super boring, and it's not going to happen. But stats-wise and team success-wise, he's some. He's just. He's plays better than Jokic a lot of the time, but his resume is just kind of a lesser Jokic sort yeah. of thing. You know, better team success, but worse individual numbers, just because he plays with guys that can shoot the ball a little better than Jokic. How do you feel about this MVP race, Cam? Well, I think with Jokic playing how he is, he's definitely out of the race now. Jokic's out of the race. Yeah. Who's the other two? LeBron and is he out of? You think enough? Jokic is out of the race? I think he's gonna be l- like not. Who, who's just your top three right now? Then top right two. now, yeah. I think Jokic is still in it, but he's not as high as he was. I get it. What do you think, her? Dame. I think he's still in it, and Embiid. Dame Jokic Embiid. I, but I think Embiid's still the front runner. So what, I mean, obviously, I agree with yeah, that. Yeah. So what, are you saying Dame... No, sorry, Embiid, Dame, Jokic? Yeah. Fair enough. I understand that. I mean, yeah, my t- if I had to pick a top three right now, I'd say this will probably change by the next time re- we record, but I'll still yeah. have Jokic one. I'd put Embiid two, and I'd probably put Curry three, maybe Giannis. Yeah. yeah. I think the one thing, if they were both playing, um, the one thing that kind of sets the two apart is that Jokic can pass. Yeah. And, I mean... But that being said, Embiid yeah. plays a lot better defense than Jokic. And Embiid doesn't need to pass because Ben Simmons, I would say, is probably one of the best passers in the league. And you have guys like Tobias Harris, Matisse Thybul, who are great defensive players that only pass because... Yeah. Well, Tobias Harris can obviously play on offense. He's averaging 20 he should, points. Yeah, but Matisse Thybul cannot play yeah. offensive basketball at all, also, besides passing. One thing I want to throw out there as a Celtics fan basically as a message to Celtics fans to shut up about Embiid plays against the Celtics he shot like 15 free throws that game I think it was was it a 20 20 yeah it was it was a really high number of free throws and uh, Celtics fans first thing they say Celtics versus refs you know refs sold refs sold <laughs> that's, so, I'm that's like, everybody I'm that's like, like, no. it's like it's like the Instagram page Celtics every yeah, day it's yeah. every post that every game we lose and I'm like I, I hate to be annoying I hate to be a buzzkill Luke Cornett fouls the shit out of Joel Embiid. They have to call it. Rob Rob Williams, really great young player. He fouls the hell out of everybody. Of course he's going to foul Embiid. They have to call it. It's like, I know Embiid sometimes, he's such a big tough guy and sometimes you see him like flop around a little and people get pissed off about that. But they foul the hell out of him and he shoots a lot of free throws. In that game, especially that game specifically, that's the Celtics' fault. That's not Embiid's fault for being a flopster. It's not the refs' fault for calling all these stupid calls. Yeah. It's the Celtics' fault. And that's one of the best parts of Embiid's game is that he draws a lot of fouls. And I'd say a really high amount of time, he actually deserves them. Like, it's yeah. it's a skill to draw fouls, and people hated James Harden for it. People hate Trey. Trey I Young, think yeah, this yeah. is how I would describe it. I would say Embiid... Um, I would say he sells the foul. Yeah. A guy like Trey Young flops. There, I think there's a clear line between the two. Obviously, Embiid flops. Uh, I wouldn't say he flops a lot. I would say he obviously tries to sell it more. But a guy like 
like Trey Young, he rarely actually gets fouled. I hate that offensive rule where you jump, jump into, into the, the person. Yeah. And I mean, MB doesn't do it too often because when he goes up, he gets hit and it's kind of hard not to hit him. So obviously I'm a little biased with that, but I, I don't really like Trey Young. He's not my favorite player, so. Yeah. It's understandable. A lot of people, the Trey Young narrative switched. People was uh, the ice tray stuff, and he was coming into the league, and people said he was the next Curry. Now people really don't like him, and it's just it's part of it's just the evolution of his game, and part of it's also you know, pe- yeah, people kind of get tired of players when they stop winning. And I think there's yeah, well. there's a difference between like, I think most of the people that like, uh, if when Embiid draws the fouls, obviously the Celtics. They're not like huge fans of him, but at the end of the day, like you're saying, Embiid should be in the MVP yeah. conversation, if not. But like Trey Young, if you look at his stats, like just his stats, he would probably be. I mean, last year he could have been in the MVP race, averaging what almost 30 points yeah. and a bunch of assists. But the way that he plays, obviously he plays within the rules, and the rules are very stupid. But he also uses that rule to his advantage to play his game. Like, Embiid can play without that foul rule. He can shoot from the three. He can shoot from mid-range. Like, when he's wide open, he makes the shots. Yeah. But Trey Young, like, he will run into someone. He looks like the Gerber baby. Him and Alex Caruso. You got right? the best part of Cam being back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anything else we want to touch on, just in general? Just I like to talk about some NBA. NHL stuff, uh, MLB and NHL stuff. Yeah. So, we are 10 games in to the MLB season, and it's some surprises, some usual West, uh, National League, not surprised, Dodgers and San Diego tied for first, uh, both 8-2, and two. both having really good seasons, um, you know, Trevor Bauer, uh, pick up for the Dodgers doing really good, but he got a couple uh, balls that got sent to the MLB to yeah. be checked for. So, Trevor, don't be cheating now. <laughs> but, um, surprise, my Red Sox, number one in the American League, 7-3. and three. They're on a seven-game winning streak yeah. after the f- getting swept. What about the Orioles? Yeah. yeah, but they swept the Orioles. So, 7-3, and three, which is really good. Um, but, you know, it, we're only 10 games in out of... 140 more, so really anything can happen. How about that guy that threw the first no-hitter in Padres Yeah, history? already. Yeah. It, uh, first no-hitter season, which is pretty unusual because it doesn't really happen this I, early. Too. I, don't know, I don't know the player that well. Is he someone uh, that is going to... He's like a nobody. Oh, like, really? Nothing, yeah, is he actually? Yeah, he's not really like... Oh. He's not, not a nobody anymore. Yeah, I heard he's from San Diego, too. I know, yeah. That's a pretty cool story. But yeah, so uh, MLB... It's pretty, it's pretty good to watch, especially with all the young players coming in who are really changing the game, like Lindor, Baez, Mookie Betts, just uh, Tatis, like all these players doing really good, especially a really um, a rookie this year, uh, Yaron Mercedes on the White Sox is doing really, really good this season as well, so far in ten games. But yeah, yeah speaking of the MLB, shout out Matty Ford. <laughs> yeah, for real, Matty Ford. Slatter, But yeah, it's 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 gonna be a very good season this year. Yeah. And the NHL, it's going pretty good. I mean, I really like how the divisions are this year. 
So you only play your division, and it's based on regions. And I like it because it's two-game series, so there's more rivalries that will be coming through. Um, big trade for the Bruins. They got Taylor Hall. Uh, Eight-year, but he's a good... Uh, back in the day, like 2011, him and Tyler Sagan used to be big debate. Who's better? Who's better? As we see now, I may lean more towards Sagan. I don't know. But Taylor Hall, really big pickup. Curtis Lazar. Also really big pickup and Mike Riley, which is a huge pickup too. Um, definitely fit in for a second line role kind of. And Mike Riley's a really big defensive step up too. Um, other teams too. Capitals doing really, really good this season. You see that. Tampa Bay as usual. Nothing new. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Toronto with a big pickup. Um, they got... Oh. Mike Foligno uh, from the Blue Jackets, he's really good, got their captain, and they just get more offensive help when they don't need it, and they really need defensive help, but... How, do you, how often do you see a team get rid of their captain? Is that... Not often. Yeah. Not really often, but um, I guess it's a bigger thing nowadays. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Patriots just did it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, NHL, it's really good season so far, um, about 30 games in, so almost halfway through. There are 40 games in, so we are halfway through. So yeah. it's we still got half season left, so we're gonna see how it plays out. But I'm excited. Playoffs are gonna be really good. It's definitely gonna be a very physical playoffs this year. So yeah, I mean towards the playoffs, we gotta be talking about it more. I'm definitely gonna. Yeah. I gotta admit, I'm not tuning in that much, and I'm definitely gonna mm -hmm. start because NHL playoffs are some of the best playoffs in sport. They really are. Whether you pay attention to it or not it's just when you get all the intensity out there in a sport that's already one of the most intense in the world yeah yeah, yeah. besides rugby <laughs> yeah rugby i'm not i'm like a lot farther away from being a rugby fan than a hockey fan yeah, rugby uh, <laughs> god i'd rather shoot myself <laughs> yeah and if we want to, uh, just one more thing to touch on, the biggest fight of the decade coming up, Jake Paul versus Ben Askren, <laughs> with uh, musical performances by Doja Cat, Justin Bieber, <laughs> the Black Keys. What happened to Logan Paul and Floyd Mayweather? Uh, they'll fight at some point. I, think. <laughs> I don't think Logan Paul wants to die yet. Uh, I mean, When's the fight? Uh, this Saturday. Oh. Which will be uh, very interesting because um, I can't wait to hear the D'Amelios talk about the fight. Uh, well, I heard their special guest broadcaster, Snoop Doggy Dog, who's <laughs> on there. My favorite uncle. Yeah, Snoop Dogg's the goat. But then you got I don't know the, the girls in the Renegades in the booth. I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. It's been a real episode 10. 10 episodes, guys. Yep. Um, unfortunately, we will be taking a two-week break after this, but we will be back after that yep. after the draft and. I mean, yeah. after the draft, that episode, there will be so much. It's so much. About. There'll yeah. be so much NHL, MLB, NBA, NFL. Like, it's going to be Well, crazy. mostly just the draft. Yeah. Mostly the draft, yeah, but we a lot of NBA, MLB, yeah. NHL. Our first yeah. episode back, we will go through every single pick um, from the first to seventh round <laughs> and grade it. So, um, it's going to be like a four-hour episode. Legit, yeah. do anticipate a longer episode. Yeah. We're going to be off for a minute, but it's not it's not like yeah. a, don't worry we're not dying yeah. not i think a, it's a well yeah uh, we're not in danger it's not a, it's not a hinder on our progress it's just yeah. time off and then we'll be we're back. definitely not in danger i do not need help <laughs> one twice yeah he's All not right. blinking <laughs> he's not blinking the whole episode <laughs> just sitting there staring at us all right everyone thank you for listening to episode 10 of the nosebleeds you can follow us on instagram at the underscore nosebleeds underscore podcast and we'll see you in two weeks on episode 11. Appreciate it. Nosebleeds out. Nosebleeds out. Mamba out. out.